Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the city of Jericho as we pick up in Joshua chapter 1, verse 12. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, he said, all right, now you promised Moses you were going to go in and help us and all. And, and he reminded them of their promise, told them now to leave their wives and so forth, and to get the fighting men together that they might cross with them and take this land that God had promised unto them. Until the Lord has given, verse 15, your brother's rest as he has given you. And they have possessed the land which the Lord your God has given to them. Then you will return and enjoy this land. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us we will do, for whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. And as we hearken unto Moses, so will we hearken unto you. Now in chapter 2, Joshua sent out two men to spy out the land, actually to spy out Jericho, because Jericho was the first city that they were going to come to. Jericho is one of the oldest cities in the world. And it was one of the first, it was the first city that they came to once they crossed the Jordan River. So these two spies came to Jericho. And they went into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab. And Rahab received them into her house. And she shared with them how that everybody was afraid of them. For they had heard how that God was with them and how that God had stopped or, or parted the Red Sea so that they could come through. They heard how that they had destroyed the strong kings, Sihon and Og. And thus the fear of them had come upon all of the inhabitants of the land. Now, someone came to the king of Jordan, or Jericho, and he told him that there were two spies from Israel who had come into the city of Jericho and they had gone to the house of Rahab. So he sent to Rahab and she said, Oh, well, last night about the time it got dark, Just before they closed the gate, these men slipped out. Maybe if you hurry, you can catch them. In reality, she was drying flax up on her roof, and she hid them under the flax. And so the king sent out men down towards the Jordan River to find these spies. And after they were gone out, she told them, you know, the king knows you're here, And I know that God is going to give you this city, and I I want you to spare me and my family. And so the spies said, all right, we'll make a covenant with you. Now, she lived right on the wall of the city, and she let them down over the wall with a scarlet cord, a rope. And they said, when we take the city, you leave this scarlet robe out 
and everyone who is within the house will be saved. If any of your family goes out into the streets, then they're taking their lives into their own hands. They'll be slain with the rest of the people. But in order that they might be spared and be safe, they've got to stay in the house. So you let this scarlet rope down so that we'll know the house, and when we take the city, we'll spare all of your family that is gathered in the house. Of course, there is a beautiful picture, really, of our place in Christ Jesus, the safety that we have abiding in Him. Those that are within Christ are safe, no matter what comes. Abiding in Christ, I have that safety. Outside of Him, I have nothing. I'm an open prey. But within Christ, that beautiful safety that is ours. So the spies made this covenant with her, and she said, now look, when you get down from here, you flee on up into the mountains. Now the mountains are right behind Jericho. They're actually the opposite direction from Jordan. But she said, they're going to look for you, and uh, you wait there in the mountains until they come back into the city, and then, you know, scat on down and cross the Jordan and get back to your people. So they went up into the mountains just above Jericho there and waited for the men to come back from their futile search, and then they made it on back, and they told Joshua all that Rahab had told them of the fear that had come upon the inhabitants of the land uh, and uh, how that the Lord had delivered them into their hands. It is interesting to me that as we read the genealogy of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, that there are a few women that are listed in the genealogy. I can think of three offhand. One is a prostitute, Rahab. She's actually listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The other is Ruth, a Moabitess, and the third was Bathsheba, David's wife, that he took by illicit kind of ways. Interesting that three such women should be chosen by God to be in the lineage of his son. But yet, to me, there is a beauty to it because Jesus came to identify with sinful man that he might take upon himself man's guilt and sin and die in his place. And so rather than coming from some pure, royal, blue-blood lineage, we find very common, sinful people listed in the line of Jesus Christ. As we get into chapter 3, Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. And he commanded the people, and he said, Now when you see the Ark of the Covenant moving out, you stay behind it 2,000 cubits, which is about a half mile. 
that they were to stay behind the ark, maybe two-thirds of a mile back from the ark of the covenant. And the Levites were to bear the ark of the covenant before the people. And then he said, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spoke to the priest, and he said, Take the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of the Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and he will without fail drive out from before you the inhabitants of the land. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes before you, into Jordan. Now therefore take 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, every tribe a man, and it shall come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. And so it came to pass that the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they bear the Ark, and as they had come to the Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan at this time overflowed all of its banks during the time of the harvest. And the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city, Atom, which is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all Israel passed over. So even as God parted the Red Sea, now God stopped the Jordan River in flood season so that they were able to pass over. Now the interesting thing to me about this is when they came to the Red Sea, Moses stretched forth his rod and the Red Sea was parted. They went through on dry land. But with the Jordan, the Lord is now testing their faith and developing their faith. He let the priests get their feet wet, walking right into the edge of the river, getting their feet in the water. <laughs> Stepping out now really in faith, that, that, was, that wasn't easy, I'm sure. I imagine that even Joshua himself had some anxious moments as he saw those guys starting to wade into the water. <laughs> now, Lord, that's what you said. But this is coming into a new relationship with God, that relationship of faith which is so very important for every one of us to really develop in that full relationship with God. It has to be that relationship of faith. And God is bringing them now into a new relationship of faith. Before they saw it, before they stepped in, they saw the 
sea parted. But now God is letting them take one step further in faith. Go ahead and step out before you see any evidence, before you see any signs. Go ahead and step out in faith. Get your feet wet. And, and so here is a new relationship, an exciting relationship to be sure. As they stepped into the water, and as they did, God caused the waters to cease flowing. God threw up a dam, and the waters of Jordan ceased, and the people all passed over. Now, they were commanded to take these stones out of the bottom of the Jordan River where the priests were standing holding the Ark of the Covenant. And when they came up on the other side, they were put to put these stones in a heap. And Joshua commands them there in chapter 4 that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What do you mean by these stones? Ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And so the children of Israel did as, as Joshua commanded. So it is interesting to me that God is desiring that his power and his truth is transmitted to our children that they not forget what God has done for us. It is sad and it is tragic that very few revivals ever go into a second generation. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but we are experiencing here a marvelous revival. What God is doing in our midst is a spiritual phenomena that the whole world is looking at and talking about because of God's marvelous work in our midst. And there is a real move of God's Holy Spirit. God's raising up a whole new element of people, you might say. There are now over 150 formal fellowships that have sort of sprung out of Calvary Chapel, plus hundreds of other informal fellowships that are developing. One sociologist that was studying this whole thing that is happening, he said, if the Lord doesn't come, he said, at the rate things are going, I anticipate that there will be 10,000 Calvary chapels across the United States. God is working in a very beautiful way. And we have had the excitement and the thrill of seeing God work. And you look at what God has done. We just stand in amazement and in awe. But unfortunately, there have been other moves of the Spirit like this in the history of the church that are marvelous. The people are there. They enjoy it but rarely do they ever carry into a second generation. Because, you see, as we grow, it'll be necessary to more or less begin to formalize things. 
to establish sort of codes and rules. And, and the minute you start putting the fences around it, then you're restricting that work that God wants to do. And when I die, some fool will want to raise a memorial to Chuck Smith. And we'll have a Chuck Smith gymnasium or something, you know. Oh, God forbid. This should remain a memorial to Jesus Christ for what he has done and never a memorial to any man. God keep us from that memorial state. Nobody needs to remember me. We need to remember the work that God has done. The monument wasn't built for Joshua. The monument was built so that the children, when they say, hey, what's that pile of stones, Daddy? Those stones were once in the bottom of the Jordan River, and when we walked through, we picked up these stones out of the river. That's because God stopped the river so that we could come through. That's the kind of a God we serve. And it was to remind them of the work of God. And oh, that we will always keep that in the forefront of our minds, that the work that we see is not a work of man, nor is it to the credit of any man. The work is to the glory of God. And let's keep our memorials unto the Lord for the work that He has wrought. Now, God seeks, actually, that we would pass on to our children His truths, His glory, His power. And his method for doing this is by creating questions in the minds of the children. You ever wondered why a child is so inquisitive? That's been placed there by the Spirit. And the purpose of that inquisitive mind of the child is that he may learn. Teach him. And let your memorials be memorials that will allow you the opportunity to share the work of God and the power of God. It is marvelous that we remember what God has done. But it is also important that we relate to our children who did not have the privilege of seeing that work that we saw the work that God has wrought by his Holy Spirit. So these stones were to create questions in the minds of the children to give them the opportunity to share with their children the glorious power of God. So Joshua, verse 9, set up the 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. They're there unto this day. Now, it'd be fun. They set up two memorials. They took stones and set them in a pile in the Jordan River, and then they also set a pile up on a bank. It'd be fun to get some scuba gear. It says they were there till that day to see if the stones were still there in the Jordan River that Joshua set up. Now, the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan till everyone was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak to the people, all that Moses commanded Joshua, the people hasted and passed over. And so it came to pass when the people were clean passed over, the ark of the Lord passed over the priests in the presence of the people, all the children of Reuben, Gad, Manasseh, 
About 40,000 of those from those two and a half tribes prepared for war. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel. They feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spoken to Joshua, saying, Command the priest that they bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. And so he commanded them to come up out of Jordan. And when they were come up from the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up to the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and overflowed their banks as they did before. And the people came out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. They encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And so uh, it is actually just four days prior to the Feast of Passover. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan, Joshua pitched in Gilgal, and he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children will ask their fathers in time to come, what do these stones mean? And let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. So the memorial by which they could share with their children the work of God. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Joshua on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Joshua 1 through 4 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you, continue to bless you. May the Lord's hand be upon your life this week. May you experience God's power working in your life in a very special way. May you be enriched in all things in Christ Jesus. May you experience a time of growth this week as the Lord draws you into closer fellowship with Himself. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Children love stories, so it is with great honor to tell you about a children's book written by Pastor Chuck called The Story of the Ten Commandments. Just listen to what people are saying. Cheryl Broderson. I love these stories, and it's a pleasure for me to know that you get to hear my dad tell you the very same stories that he told me as a child. Pastor David Guzik. 
I think that a book by Pastor Chuck is perfect for children because they'll sense the true love of not just a father, but a great grandfather and how much he loves to pass on the love of Jesus to a young generation. Pastor Poncho Juarez. I am so blessed to be part of this book by Pastor Chuck. I love it when kids read in their own level. I hope parents take advantage of this and may the Lord bless you. And as a gift, each book contains a CD of Pastor Chuck reading the story of the Ten Commandments. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview of the book, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.